Alright folks, I'm going to read up a little bit on white horses in mythology. I'm doing my research on uh, just all kind of questions and it led to just uh, <laughs> Korea and white horses. Okay, now check this out. This fucking blew my mind. Okay, but let me just read. White horses have a special significance in the mythologies of cultures around the world. They are often associated with the sun chariot, with warrior heroes, with fertility in both mare and stallion manifestations, or with an end-of-time savior. But other interpretations exist as well. Both truly white horses and the more common gray horses with completely white hair coats were identified as white by various religious and cultural traditions. Portrayal and myth. From earliest times, white horses have been mythologized as possessing exceptional properties, transcending the normal world by having wings. Example, Pegasus from Greek mythology. That's why I keep saying Pegasus and Jesus were best friends. <laughs> or having horns, the unicorn. The thing with the, the unicorn, I'll tell you one thing, is if you look up if you do some research on horse sacrifices and then you add a little bit of how they uh, stuck a spear in the side of Jesus so yeah just use your imagination you'll you'll get unicorn okay as part of its legendary dimension the white horse in myth may be depicted with seven heads Uchai Shravas, or eight feet slept near, sometimes in groups or singly. There, there are also white horses which are divinatory who prophesy or warn of danger, like uh, Taylor Swift. <laughs> okay. As a rare or distinguished symbol, a white horse typically bears the hero or god figure in ceremonial in ceremonial roles or in triumph over negative forces herodotus reported that white horses were held as sacred animals in the achaemenid court of xerxes the great ruled 486 to 465 bc while in other traditions the reverse happens when it was sacrificed to the gods white horses were always the number one pick as sacrifices to gods, usually by kings. In more than one tradition, the white horse carries patron saints or the world savior in the end times, as in Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Hmm, interesting. All three of those <laughs> is associated with the sun or sun chariot, Osetia, or bursts into existence in a fantastic way emerging from the sea or a guess what lightning bolt hmm lightning bolt though some mythologies are stories from earliest beliefs other tales though visionary or metaphorical are found in liturgical sources as part of preserved ongoing traditions see for example Iranian tradition below honestly if I was to just place myself in let's say back in the day use a warrior shaman riding a horse full speed galloping 
just going full speed let's say you guys are going full speed into the other side which is the enemy they're coming at you too and you guys are just going full speed head-on head collision the the horse hoofs the that sound the galloping sound your heart is pumping you probably took a whole bunch of shit just so you're just in the zone like how some MMA fighters practice on small doses of mushrooms because they say they feel like they're one with the their senses are heightened basically so you feel one with let's say the flow of anyway so basically what I'm trying to say is by the time both sides collide you motherfuckers are already in a different fucking dimension that's why I say your thoughts Everything in that's happening in your head is happening in a different dimension. Okay? Alright. Um, let me see. Should I just read this whole thing? Basically, I'll put the links. But what I wanted to get to was the Korean one. Because it's, it's just fucking mind-blowing. Because look at this. A huge white horse appears in Korean mythology in the story of the kingdom of Scylla. When the people gathered to pray for a king, the horse emerged from a bolt of lightning. This whole imagery, the horse emerged from a bolt of lightning, this whole imagery is shamanism. This whole imagery, horse, lightning, is also found, this imagery is also found in Islam. This imagery is also found in Christianity. I'm just saying, this imagery is shamanism. Horse, white horse, lightning bolt, Zeus, it's all shamanism. Plus, bowing to a shining egg. After the horse flew back to heaven, the egg opened and the boy, Park Hyogos, Hyogjos, emerged. When he grew up, he united six warring states. This also makes me think of the end scene of uh, Lord of the Rings, the King, Return of the King, when Sam and Frodo have, Frodo and Sam have, you know, dropped the ring, blah, 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 and they're on the volcano, right? And what comes and saves their ass after the horse flew back to heaven? So the eagles, flying eagles, horses, dragons, this imagery is all shamanism. Okay, now let me get to this. Okay, and then you look up, um, then you look up, let's see, look, so now I'll go to this guy, Hyokjios, I guess he was a king of Korea during the time of Scylla. Alright, so was the founding mon monarch of Scylla, one of the three kingdoms of Korea. He was the progenitor of all Park, park clans in Korea. So, okay, now. The founding legend. Uh, let me see. Yeah, okay. In 69 BC, the heads of the six chiefdoms gathered to discuss forming a kingdom and selecting a king. I just want to say also, the Bible stories have a very interesting similarity with this whole Scylla kingdom. And then, this whole Scylla kingdom has a lot of similarities from what I'm finding with India, the Tamil history. So, 
I'm just saying it's it's all very interesting. And here comes the geography part. In the forest at a well called Najong at Yangsan, a strange light shone from the sky. Some accounts describe the simultaneous rising of the sun and moon. Wait for it. As well as a volcanic eruption. And a white horse descended. Okay. <laughs> you take all this imagery. The rising sun and moon. As well as a volcanic eruption. And a white horse. And lightning bolts. Um... What do you think this is talking about, people? This kind of sounds like when Moses went up to Mount Sinai to meet God, right? Does, doesn't it kind of... Chief Sobolgong of Gohyo discovered a large egg there. A boy came out of the egg, and when bathed, his body radiated, radiated light, and birds and beasts danced. What the fuck does this sound like? The egg was gourd-shaped, which has been posited as the origin of the Pak 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 name, as it aligns with the Korean word for gourd, Pak. So Bolgong raised him, and the six chieftains revered him. The chieftains made him king when he became 13 years old. Okay, this thing again, this 13 years old. Old, 12 to 13, when Jesus was 12 to 13, he went off. This whole imagery theme, okay, the state was named Sorabol. Upon becoming king, he married Lady Aryong, who is said to have been born from the ribs of a dragon. This is what I'm saying, ribs. And Eve was taken out of, out of Adam's rib, right? This is talking about ribs of a dragon, what is a dragon? It's a volcano. So this is still talking about... Look, man, back in the day, this is all imagery. Kings, mountains were called kings and lords and God. I mean, we already know from the volcano. So imagine volcano is the Alpha Omega. That's the beginning point. Once the volcano comes the fuck down, it becomes a mountain, right? So then the mountain becomes king. So when, I, when you see the... A king's crown with the three peaks, the three triangles. This is just pointing back to the whole symbology from when mountains were gods and kings, starting with the feminine version, the volcano, then the male version, the mountain. Then from mountain imagery, you put it on a human head and name the human king. This is even in the Bible when Israel. Wanted to have a king just like everybody else instead of God as their, right? This whole imagery, story, history is all over all our mythologies and, and founding creation myths. It's like a different version of the legend claims Hokjios was a son of Lady Saso who was from a Chinese royal family and moved to the Jinhan Confederacy. Anyways, okay, so that's that part. Now, I go to horse, the horse zodiac symbol, okay? 
The horse is the seventh of the twelve-year cycle of animals which appear in the Chinese zodiac related to the Chinese character. There is a long tradition of the horse in Chinese mythology. Certain characteristics of the horse's nature are supposed to be typical of or to be associated with either a year of the horse and its events, or in regard to the personality of someone born in such a year. Anyways, so there's a whole whole fucking history that goes way back of horse zodiac imagery, symbology, history, which connects with Buddhism. Okay? This is Chun Ma Chung, formerly tomb number 155 in South Korea, is a tumulus located in the Gyeongju, South Korea. Okay, so this area also, this place called Gyeongju, I think could have been connected with the origin of Jews. Just a just a complete fucking out there thought, okay? I'm just I'm not I'm not saying I'm just saying I've followed this story, the imagery history all throughout and I've kept an eye on tried to keep an eye on all of it from all parts of the world. And I'm starting to see patterns. That's all I'm saying. The further east I go, the the more clearer those patterns become into images. That's what I'm saying is how it is like, okay, I'm just saying it's interesting. The name Chunmachong means sky horse tomb. This tomb was built in the style of Silla. Once again, I'm saying this whole Silla period, period kingdom is, that was the Bronze Age, I think, right? The Golden Bronze. But it's like Silla was the Golden Age of Korea during that time, of that of the Three Kingdom time. And, and this, uh, they were around for over 500 years or something like that. So I'm just saying it's very interesting. And their connection with the Scythian horse riders. Okay, anyways, I'll get to that. Excavation of the tomb began on April 16th, 1973, and is believed to date probably from the 5th century, but perhaps from the 6th century CE. The tomb was for an unknown king of the Silla kingdom. The tomb in typical Silla style is a wood-lined chamber running east to west and is covered in a mound of boulders and earth. I'm, I just think it's interesting that uh, the new thing of Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power... Is coming out right now. I just think it's interesting. This kind of because it's got to do with horses. This kind of tomb is said to follow the pattern of a Scytho-Iranian tomb in Pazirik, Russia. That's what I'm saying. The Silk Road back in the day connected all of us. Everybody motherfucking prospered, and that's what they're trying to stop now. Just look at the news, motherfucker. China's trying to connect the world back together, the the Silk Road. And guess who's trying to stop that? That's all it is. That's as simple. That's <laughs> that's as that's how simple it is. Because once the world is connected again through the Silk Road 2.0 like it used to be, everybody prospers. And that's what they do not want. <laughs> Just I've shared everything I can find on it. Okay, look where the future is headed. 
by 2050, look where the global economic center is going to be. Okay. Uh, the chamber of the tomb contained a lacquered wooden coffin which had burial goods placed around it. A total of 11,500 artifacts were recovered from the, t from the tomb. The name of the tomb derives from a famous painting of a white horse which is depicted on a birch bark saddle flap, also referred to as a mudguard. The horse, the horse, a chunma, Korean flying horse, I'm just saying Korean, some of the Korean words and uh, Tibet, Tibetan have a similar ring to it. Okay. Has eight legs and is depicted with wings on its feet. This painting is a rare, also interesting is some of the Greek gods have wings on their sandals. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I've shared this stuff too on Harvard papers where they say basically back in the day, Horses would have looked at as gods too back in the day. Okay, um, horses were looked as as gods. That's why you have the verse Ezekiel twenty three has eight legs and is also the word horseman. If you write it down, you can read another word in between that. And there's myths on on the creation of men and horses. It's uh, and rocks. It's very interesting. Okay, this painting is a rare example of um, extant Shilla painting. No, this painting is a rare example of extant Shilla painting and indicates a strong influence by the Korean Goguryeo Kingdom. The burial of horse trappings and the sacrifice of a horse with the king shows the importance of horse culture in Shilla society and indicates the central role of the king in shamanism practiced by the people. Does this uh, sound more like where the Bible stories might have taken place? The imagery, the motifs, the geography, everything. Hmm. The other side of the saddle flaps depict horsemen and the phoenix. The tomb also yielded many other treasures, including a gold crown, Paul liked all those gold crowns, remember? Including a gold crown <laughs> and a gold girdle, both replete with jade, comma-shaped beads. I'm saying, I'm saying uh, for Central Asia, it's like, I think Lake Baikal is a good starting point, and then everybody, it's like all the ants came out of Lake Baikal and then just went, you know, grabbed, their plot of land started their you know history these trappings of royalty indicate that a king was buried in the tomb additionally the fact that the girdle girdle in the heavenly horse tomb interesting it's a tomb jesus was buried in a tomb right and three days three days later they rolled the the angels rolled the big ass rock away right interesting how they use horses to roll those rocks away the tomb also yielded many other treasures, including a gold crown. Okay, these trappings. Okay, additionally, the fact that the girdle is the in the heavenly horse tomb is similar to the girdle found in the gold crown tomb, and the use of the dragon motif in gold plates, which matches treasures in the Pekche King Moryong, also indicated a royal king was 
interred in the tomb. All the symbolism of gold and dragons and kings. King Arthur lived in a volcano apparently in a mountain. Just saying. Beowulf. Right? Smaug, right? All this imagery. Volcanoes. Okay. Besides, gold and volcanoes go hand in hand. And dragons. Besides the crown and girdle, the chamber also held gold bracelets and gold rings for every finger of the buried king. The tomb also contained a chest full of burial goods, which including the aforementioned painted saddle flap and also iron kettles, pottery, bronze vessels, lacquerware saddles, and a 98 centimeter long sword. The crown is considered one of the most valuable gold crowns in Scylla. It features a large cluster with three branch-shaped ornaments and two deer horn-shaped ornaments, and it is full of jade and spangles. The crown and the cap was made by combining four gold plates decorated with boar patterns. It is believed to be have been placed on top of a hat made of birch bark. Various types of patterns were precisely drilled into it to make it beautiful. Blah, blah, okay including the T-charge pattern, the diamond-shaped pattern, and the twisted dragon pattern. Interesting. The twisted dragon. Wonder why. Hmm. Okay, there's that one. Now let me read... Uh, I did this one. Let's see. Yeah, I did this one. Now, to uh, connect all this symbolism to the present day all that history and mythology and archaeology and all those stories and all that stuff now you connect this shit to right now check this out man it fucking blew, blew, it blew my mind <laughs> Kim Jong-un North Korean leader rides up Mount Pektu North Korea has released photographs of its leader Kim Jong-un once again riding on horseback up the country's sacred Mount Pektu, a move steeped in symbolism. It is the second time in less than two months that the North Korean leader has been pictured riding a white horse up the secretive state's highest mountain. In the latest images, he is flanked by his wife and, sen and senior military officials. Previous trips up the mountain have preceded major announcements. The latest horse ride came as state media reported that there would be a rare meeting of the ruling party's leaders later this month to discuss crucial issues in line with the changed situation at home and abroad. It did not give further details about what would be discussed. Blah, blah, blah. Basically, let me... There was also, let me just read, okay. Mr. Kim has set a year-end deadline for the U.S. to offer more concessions to salvage nu nuclear negotiations. In a statement on Tuesday, North Korea's deputy foreign minister said it was up to the U.S. to choose what Christmas gift it got from Pyongyang. Do we know what, what do we know about the trip? Okay. The state-run Korean Central News Agency, KCNA, Re released several photos on Wednesday of Mr. Kim, his wife, and senior military officials riding white horses on the snow-covered Mount Pektu. 
KCNA reported that Mr. Kim looked around the revolutionary battle sites near the mountain before riding to its summit. He was previously reported to have scaled the 2,750-meter peak on horseback in mid-October. Must have been cold as fuck back in October. Okay, on the latest trip, he reminded North Koreans to always live and work in the offensive spirit of Pektu, according to KCNA. Mr. Kim, this is from uh, BBC. I'll put all the links. Mr. Kim said doing so was important at a time when the imperialists and class enemies make a more frantic attempt to undermine the ideological, revolutionary, and class positions of our party. I'm just saying it gets very, very interesting. Because in Revelations, you know, the whole white horse symbolism, I'm just saying... It's very interesting what is going on. Either all these leaders are a bunch of wrestlers who wrote up a script <laughs> in the locker room and now they're just playing their parts out here just to divide and conquer. You got to, you know, you got to you got to control all these motherfuckers somehow. So how have they done it? They've always done it using stories. So I'm just saying either all of them working together <laughs> And they all know the story, or I, I'm just saying it's, it's just it's just very interesting. He said, the imperialists and class enemies make a more frantic okay, the make a more frantic attempt to undermine the ideological, revolutionary, and class positions of our party. It is the consistent determination and will of our party to defend and carry forward for eternity. The glorious revolutionary traditions which took roots in Mount Pektu, he added. Also, this whole thing with fucking Korea, North Korea, South Korea, and and Cain and Abel, it's just fucking, I'm just saying, man, like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on, man. Either, either there is a Mr. Oz pulling all the strings, and he is a fucking genius, and I would, he, she, doesn't matter, this person... It's like, I don't know, man. What is the symbolism? The symbolism. Mount Pektu holds a special place in the country's identity. An active volcano, it is fated as the birthplace of Mr. Kim's father, Kim Jong-il. Remember, we found out that the okay, Kim Jong-il served as a key military base for his grandfather, Kim Il-sung, North Korea's founding leader. The peak of the mountain, lying on the border with China, is considered a sacred place in Korean folklore. It is said to be the birthplace of Tangun, the, first, the founder of the first Korean kingdom more than 4,000 years ago. This is what I'm saying, man. Like, it's also part of the propaganda which glorifies the Kim family, who are said to have a Mount Pektu bloodline. Apparently, uh, also, the whole Mount Pektu bloodline thing apparently had to play with him killing his brother or something because they didn't want no competition or something with the bloodline. So I'm just saying, like, what is going on? Like, I'm looking at all these patterns, these symbols, these motifs, right? So these are my puzzle pieces. I'm trying to put the pictures together to see what the the, the main picture is. And I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I, 
fucking like you can't make this fucking shit up. Okay. North Korea leadership expert Michael Madden told the BBC that that horse riding and horses have great symbolism in Korean culture in general and in North Korea's political culture in particular. Once again, I'm just saying Korea was uh taken over by the Mongols, right? So that and Korea has all the stuff about with shamanism, so and you add horses and volcanoes. I'm just saying, man, like <laughs> I've just said, okay. Horses feature in Korean mythology through Cholima, a horse with wings that is said to run at least 400 kilometers a day. That's 248 miles a day. Okay, I need to look that up. Is that talking about the sun? And Malima, a horse that can run very long distances at extremely fast speeds. References to both have been used in economic construction drives in the country, Mr. Madden said. I mean, also another symbol for the horse is your mind. So, <laughs> I'll just say, like... <sighs> he added that by riding a horse, Mr. Kim was also alluding to Kim Il-sung's origins as a guerrilla fighter which is a way of burnishing anti-imperialist credentials. What could it mean? Analysts say the trip could signal preparations for a more confrontational stance. The message is buckle up, it's going to be a big year for us next year, Professor John Delury of Seoul Yonsei University told Reuters news, news agency. Not a year of diplomacy and symmetry, but rather of national strength. He added that the forthcoming meeting of party leaders was also significant. I mean, honestly, it's basically like <laughs> imperialists versus whatever these guys call themselves. It's like this is the ultimate fucking line basically okay he added that the forthcoming meeting of party leaders was also significant this is not a standard meeting he said explaining that it was the first time such a gathering had occurred twice in one year under mr kim rachel minyoung this article was in 2019 so just saying rachel it's i i need to look up what it's at right now but rachel minyoung lee an analyst with monitoring website nk news said the decision to hold the meeting before the end of the year indicates a strong resolve. Uh, taking the party plenum announcement and the Mount Pekto visit together, the resolve seems to be that North Korea will not cave into the U.S. and that it will keep charging on despite the... Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So. Uh, when else has Kim been up to the mountain? Mr. Kim has reportedly ascended the mountain several times in the past, often before making big announcements. Significant visits have included the 2017 trip to the mountain, which came a few weeks before his New Year's address, where he, in, where he hinted at a diplomatic thaw with South Korea. Well, now, if we look up now, if we look up Heaven Lake on top of Pektu Mountain, the volcano, Heaven Lake, uh, okay, so in Korean is 
Chunji or Chionji in Chinese or Tianqi in Manchu. Tianqi, Tianzu. Tianzhu is India. Yeah, Tianzhu India. Tamun Omu or Tamun Juse. Okay, is a cratered lake on the border between China and North Korea. It lies within a caldera atop the volcanic Pektu Mountain, a part of the Pektu Tegan and Changbai Mountain Ranges. Okay. The caldera, which contains Heaven Lake, was created by the 946 eruption of Pektu Mountain. Okay, this this eruption is very interesting with um, the fall of certain civilizations. Also, if you follow the 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 line from let's say Xi'an, China, that's the beginning city of the Silk Road, as they say, to to basically Israel, to basically Europe, to basically Greece, whatever you want to call it, that area. It goes over this area called Turpan, T-U-R-P-A-N. Turpan has a history of volcanic eruptions, which are specifically phrased as a pillar of light by night, a pillar of fire by night, and a pillar of smoke by day. They use that phrasing to to uh, mention that volcanic eruption. Turpan, it's... Uh, it's right there in uh, the Xinjiang area. I try to look. I've tried to find stuff on it, but I haven't. I found some stuff on it, but not too much. But I'm just saying that volcanic eruption and Exodus. It's just just saying. Uh, very interesting. Okay. Um, names and legends. There's. I mean, if you look up just stuff mythology on 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 uh, Heaven Lake, there's all kinds of stuff also which made me think of uh the loch ness monster all these myths of monsters living in the lake or a dragon it's, it's a volcano man it's a volcano okay in, Chi in ancient chinese literature tianqi also refers to nanming sometimes translated as southern sea North Korean propaganda claims that Kim Jong-il was born near the lake on the mountain. In accordance with this, North Korean news agencies reported that on his death, the ice on the lake cracked so loud it seemed to shake the heavens and the earth. Look, they even have Lake Tianchi Monster. Heaven Lake is also alleged to be home to the Lake Tianchi Monster. On September 6, 2007... Zhu Yongshan, director of the TV station's news center, run blah, 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 shot a 20-minute video of six seal-like finned Lake Tianchi monsters near the North Korean border. He sent pictures of the Loch Ness monster-type creatures to Xinhua's Jilin Provincial Bureau. One of them showed the creatures swimming in three pairs in parallel. Another showed them together leaving ripples on the volcanic lake. So, I'm just saying it's very interesting that all of us have these mythologies of lady in the water, you know, of mermaids, of Lake Baikal having seals which are endemic, meaning endemic, which are only found in the Lake of Baikal. They 
originate from the lake of Baikal. So the question is, how the fuck is this possible? What is going on here? <laughs> like, either, I don't know, man. Like, some, it's, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it's, it's very interesting. It's very interesting, everything I'm looking at. All this stuff I'm looking at right now. You got horses, volcanoes, gods, kings, mountains, dragons, gold, um, mounds. Mounds, you find a lot of mound stuff connected with this. And mound stuff, the mound uh, archaeology, symbology, all that stuff can be also found in America, North America. And, um, and, uh, uh, what's the other one? Mounds. Um, there's, there's this symbology all over. So either the story of history we have been taught is either on purpose not true or by mistake, I don't know. But I think it's more like on purpose. I think they have a whole bunch of evidence and information on a different storyline, which they don't want the public to know. I mean, the Smithsonian, my goodness, they have so much shit locked up, hidden away. I'm just saying, it's about time we see the world from all the different colors of the rainbow, of the spectrum of light, not just one color or two colors, okay? We, we don't have to do black and white anymore. We have color, HD, fucking 4K, 8K now. We don't have to just stick to black and white. Like, for some people, I know that makes, you know, their thinking process a little easier, but it still makes no sense. If you're white in America, all that means is you have European heritage. Just get a DNA test. That's all. This whole thing of white and black in America is... Just shows you how, <laughs> like, it's 2022. We have DNA tests. Okay, we we don't have to use black and white anymore. <laughs> Just saying that it shows you how we're still mentally cucked, divide and conquer mentally. We don't have to do physical no more. We got them by the balls mentally, divide and conquer. We're still using black and white. What the fuck is black and white? It's not a race. <laughs> There's no white race. There's no black race. You're either from a place with a geographic location. That's all. The, the Native Americans aren't going, we're, we're, we're uh, cinnamon colored. No. <laughs> Fucking... We gotta stop playing this bullshit game. We all know we have genetics now. We all know we all come from the same stock. Okay, no more than some some people are saying no more than a thousand people. I'm sticking with five six thousand, but some people even say a thousand people. We all descend from a thousand people. 
which is isn't too surprising to believe now because if you look at all our stories, mythologies, creation myths, symbolism, imagery, all this shit, yeah, it all has this similar core um, items. So, <laughs> they're saying, oh, we want, this is the cake and we're going to eat all of it. No, they're not even showing us the whole cake. Okay? Like, they've been hogging all the cake all the time. And I'm saying they've done that through putting blinders on us because we're horses with blinders on because, you know, you only think a certain way. Unless, uh... So, I'm just saying... I know somebody's listening to this. <laughs> I know somebody else is also thinking about these things and questions because I've seen them. They've shared it. So, you know, we have the internet now, which is basically the Holy Spirit that's connecting the whole world, <laughs> right? Just look at it, if you want to look at it that way. So, the Spirit brings knowledge, wisdom, okay? Which is our our stories, our history of the land, which, once again, usually a handful of dudes, usually old dudes, want the world in their image, in their limited, old school, like, outdated image with them as the center they want to fucking write the movie. They want to direct the movie. And they want to fucking act in the movie. That's fine. If you want to do that, that's fine. But I'm just saying, that's basically the that's basically what seems like is going on. It's only a matter of time, man. It's only a matter of time. Till we put the pictures together. That's all. That's all I'm saying. So, either we... All I'm saying is, all we have really on this fucking planet... Which, all this is possible just because of temperature. That's all. All we have on this fucking planet is time. And if there's one thing I hate is a motherfucker who wastes time. My time. There, I don't care if you waste your time. That's fine. Don't waste my time. So, all I'm saying is, if we all work together to try to figure out what the hell is going on, what the real truth is, what the story is what, of our history, of our actual history, we'd save a lot more time. And then we could focus on other shit, actual problems that need to get taken care of. Instead of still dealing with fucking divide and conquer mentally cucked motherfuckers, like just wasting time. We're just wasting time. We're wasting fucking time and money. Dividing and conquering. I mean, unless you want to keep doing that, go for it. Fine, go for it. Do what the fuck you want. But I'm saying, it's about time. We have all the tools now. We just need to put our fucking heads together and figure out what this big picture story is so that we know what the fuck to do where we want to go because until you know where you come from you 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 don't know where you're going you you you've lost your horse so if you lost your horse you're not gonna get far okay so <laughs> go get your horse back and then 
we can all get to work and figure out some real solutions instead of these old motherfuckers jacking off to more money that they print out of their own ass. It, it makes no sense. They got full retard, man. They got full retard. Peace. <laughs>